Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. How many of you have moms who let you wear shoes in the house? <laughs> it's basically a part of the BIPOC parent commandments. Thou shalt not wear nasty outside shoes in the house and track mud all over the good rugs, which is right after if an elder offers you food, no is not the answer. When I visit my in-laws, they have slippers for guests waiting by the front door. At my mom's place, she has multiple mats near the door to prevent dirt from even getting close to her good rugs. Even when I'm at someone else's house who's okay with people wearing shoes inside, I take them off anyways because it's hard not to feel like my ancestors are trying to test me to make sure I make the right decisions. And if I don't see any kind of doormat, I shake my feet outside to get the dirt off. But all of this is done for the very practical intentions to keep the house clean and as a sign of respect for the host. My biblical ancestors knew how to recognize and respect good intentions as well as when to cut your losses or to metaphorically track dirt into the houses as seen in today's verses. To give more contact to the verses read today, Jesus was giving the disciples instructions for when they preached in other towns. He told them to basically only take the clothes on their backs with them and to rely on the town they were in for food and other necessities. Jesus said in Mark chapter 6, verse 10, If a place doesn't welcome you or listens to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. To, dig, to shake the dust from your feet means to wash your hands from a situation, basically saying you've done all you can in that situation and anything else that happens is not on you. Jesus is telling the disciples when you've done all you can and people aren't responding well or being hostile, leave. If you've done what you could in a toxic situation or with a particular relationship and it remains toxic, these verses give explicit permission to wash your hands from it, shake the dust from your feet, and then move on. God tells us we don't have to put up with other people's hate and insecurities. Shake off that dirt and move on. Just because your message is good doesn't mean it'll be well received. And just because you are the way you are doesn't mean it will be well received. When I came out, it wasn't well received my church of origin, so I had to leave. And I know my experiences mirrors so many of that of the queer and trans people at New City listening today. Who we are isn't well received, so we're forced to leave. And a major lesson this past year has reminded me of in light of this so-called racial reckoning is that no matter how important your message, no matter how noble, there will always be those who won't receive it. Even in times when we're encountering tremendous hardships, even in times where people say they have our backs, even today, as some are celebrating the birth of this nation, a.k.a. the Great Colonizers Experiment. The verses read today are God's way of saying, you don't have to put up with their bull. Sometimes it's really not you and entirely them. 
Know that it's in Holy Scripture that Jesus told his followers to leave towns where they weren't well received. Jesus knew that sometimes what we have to say or who we are doesn't line up with, with what people think we should be. Rather than trying to convince people of your worth and that they're no closer to God than you are, you gotta leave. And know ahead of time that God sees you. God knows the struggle of people not recognizing your inherent divinity. All throughout the Gospels, Jesus took breaks from people in situations when he needed to. If we truly are to follow the examples and teachings of Jesus, knowing when to leave toxic situations is a huge part of that. But knowing when to stay and work things out is also following Jesus' teachings. Sometimes it's best to work things out. But in no way is this meant to be prescriptive instructions. There's nothing wrong with you if you decide to stay in a toxic situation or relationship. And I'm not saying if you're in a stressful situation or relationship, you have to bounce. I also don't want to be that person who says all hardships make you stronger or they build character because that's not completely true. And it makes it seem like you have to learn something from painful experiences as if that balances out the damage. Leaving can be a lesson, but it isn't always. I think a lyric by the band Motion City Soundtrack explains this best. They say that what doesn't kill us makes us who we are. Sometimes pain isn't something to be learned from, but, but it makes us who we are. And we don't have to beat ourselves up about that. Besides, applying the same scripture to too many situations can be toxic in itself. I think we know people who use the Bible to justify their actions rather than truly looking to the Bible for advice. But it also takes a lot of discretion to figure out if it's a situation, if it's a situation where leaving is necessary or if this is something where you should stay. Take comfort that God's disciples went through figuring all this stuff out too. I'm sure there are times where the disciples wondered if they should stay or go in these super toxic situations. But know that our confusion is holy and indecision is holy too. And that's because we can trust that God is with us in the decision-making process. Know that even when we do leave, God, our mother, stays with us. We're not going through this alone. Show and tell time! My most recent trip to see my dad pre-COVID was December 2019, right after I finished grad school. I told him in advance that I wanted a jar of Mississippi dirt, this, to take back with me to Minnesota. I wasn't there long enough to make it to his hometown, Macomb, which would have taken a whole day to get to, but Biloxi, where he was currently living, the Biloxi dirt would suffice. My dad's hometown has these red dirt roads, and when I say red, I mean really red. It's the kind of dirt that stains anything it touches if not treated right away. We went all over Biloxi looking for red dirt amongst all the normal colored dirt at these construction sites all the time. All this time I'm yelling, the dirt isn't red enough, it's not red enough. <laughs> we have to go somewhere else to find redder dirt. <laughs> 
Um, when we finally found dirt that was the right kind of red to my liking, I spent a bunch of time holding it. Just holding it. Mississippi is the closest thing I have to ancestral homelands, and I wanted to hold space and literally hold the land that my ancestors helped shape. I imagined my ancestors, my slave ancestors, and the work they did to maintain their dignity in the most inhumane circumstances, and how many of them thought of leaving slavery, and many of them left slavery, and I felt like I was holding those stories in my hands in the dirt. These were stories I wanted to hold on to. Not all dirt needs to be shaken off. And here are some pics of me collecting dirt from that time. Mississippi must have been painful for so many, many of my ancestors, but they survived. And this jar of dirt is proof that they survived because I, as their descendant, collected it. Yes, you can leave painful situations, but painful places don't have to stay that way. And you can return to those places. Just as God doesn't want us to stay in harmful situations, God also gives us the gift to rewrite the script so we can return to once painful places mentally or physically with new perspectives. Whether you're leaving a toxic place or returning to a once toxic place, may you feel God's peace and grace and his permission to do what's right for you. Amen.